0: And the Humboldt County Fire Safe Council.
1: Whoops. I was busy looking for the theme song. Okay. We have the theme song lined up for Ask Your Herb Doctor. It is 7 o'clock. This is Redwood Community Radio, KMUD Garberville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Laytonville. And the views and opinions expressed throughout the broadcast day on Redwood Community Radio are those of the speakers, and not necessarily those of the station staff, underwriters, or volunteers. Time is made for all sorts of viewpoints on Redwood Community Radio. And sometimes volunteers and other speakers are just actually saying things that they believe are other people's opinions or maybe they're just reading a card you never really know but don't take it personally the solution to free speech is more free speech and uh their doctors aren't here yet but i'm just going to go ahead and start the theme music here and um, we'll work it out This is your engineer, Michael McCaskill. Oh, I think they might be here. Uh, so I have Dr. Pete online, and uh, we thought we were just going to do a random show with only him, but somebody might be here. Uh, Dr. Pete. Oh, Dr. Pete, do I have you? Whoops. I
2: can hardly understand you.
1: Uh, now, well, I got you back now. Do I have you now?
3: Uh, yeah, that's better.
1: Excellent. And can you, uh, you can hear me? Yeah. Okay, uh, so why don't you just give a tiny little bit of background, and let me go see what the noise is out there. And uh, and so, uh, listeners, we're having a special show tonight where, unless Andrew and Sarah show up in a few minutes, we're just going to be having an open call-in session to ask Dr. Pete your questions. So if you have a question for Dr. Pete, you can go ahead and call 923-3911 right now, and Dr. Pete is just going to do a tiny little bit of an intro
3: okay um i've um
2: been doing a nutrition consulting uh, l- largely for the last uh 40 or 50 years uh, but
3: uh,
2: i'm i recently getting more interested in immunology uh, it's been 40 years uh, since i taught a course in immunology but uh, because of the a pandemic. I've started reading more about it uh, and uh, uh, l- looking at the the, w- the way the history
3: uh,
2: and the uh, development of corporate uh, and government science, uh, the, the way those influences have have distorted uh, the uh, understanding of uh, immunology, even in these forty years. Uh, uh, since I uh, was studying it and teaching it for a while.
1: Excellent. And so that that wasn't all uh, the Murrays showing up out there. So I'm going to just throw the phone lines open. Now is your chance to ask Dr. Pete about any questions you have. I know we have a lot of listeners around the world who are not used to being able to call in until half an hour in or so, but do call 707 923 3911 if you would like to ask any questions of dr pete so uh i could start out with kind of a juicy question perhaps there's been you know a lot of you know sort of conflict around covid 19 and vaccination and you know how beneficial it could be and and whatnot uh but also some questions about just how effective it is for really at-risk people so could you maybe give some uh herbological or dietary sorts of things which you think would be beneficial for everybody to do, uh regardless of whether they're vaccinated or not, in order to make sure that the vaccines work the very best for them uh or whatever tactics they're using work the very best for them? Um, and hopefully people will call 923-3911 and ask questions.
2: Uh, vitamin D is probably the single most important thing Uh, for uh, Americans uh, uh, considering the the average American diet uh, uh, the majority of people uh, are far below the optimal level of vitamin D Uh, and uh, even though the establishment still believes that the uh, lower end of the uh, normal range is uh, adequate when, when you look at Degenerative diseases, heart disease, and uh, even some fairly rare things like uh, scleroderma, uh, uh, the, the whole range of uh, degenerative uh, system uh, failure uh, uh, is associated with a fairly low vitamin D deficiency. And something that has kept more doctors from prescribing vitamin d is that uh, there have periodically been scares about the dangers of,
3: of uh, taking
2: too much uh, vitamin d it's true that if you take uh, a million units uh, or so uh, after a while you'll start getting uh, hypercalcemia and calcification of soft tissues but uh, the, the most uh, common cause of calcification of the soft tissues is actually from a deficiency of vitamin D. Uh, With aging and failure of the kidneys, calcification of the kidney tissue and blood vessels in general becomes the lethal problem and the the mechanism why kidney failure is associated with calcification is that it's also associated with extreme vitamin D deficiency and an excess of parathyroid hormone. They've seen that even removing the parathyroid glands can alleviate some of the symptoms of calcification from kidney failure. But uh, uh, just supplementing a a moderate amount of vitamin D, like uh, 5,000 units a day for an adult, uh, can be enough. If you have calcium in your diet, it can be enough to lower the parathyroid hormone.
3: uh,
2: And uh, lowering the parathyroid hormone makes you put your calcium Into the bones, where it should go, and uh, keeping it out of the the soft tissues.
1: And so, I know that people can get vitamin D from sunlight, and it really depends on what your skin tone is, how much time you would have to spend out there. But are there other things that you get from the sunlight in addition to vitamin D that might make that a, a better source of vitamin D than just taking a pill or? Eating a vitamin D rich food,
3: uh,
2: yeah, because the the light that penetrates uh, uh, the, the ultraviolet uh, is very superficial. It, it acts on the skin cells th- themselves, uh, uh, but the uh, visible light, especially the orange and red light, penetrates very deeply. Uh, if you hold your hand up and Look at the sunlight shining through it. It's very red on the shaded side, showing that the red light easily penetrates the thickness of your skin. In a dark room, you can see the penetration of your whole body with that same red transmission effect. And the red light is an anti free radical. Uh, uh, p- protection. It, it um, in effect, quenches uh, excited electrons uh, and uh, reverses the effect of uh, uh, the free radical damage done by ultraviolet light. So, a tanning bed, which is only uh, infrared and some visible, uh, w- will uh, produce more aging effects than sunlight of the same
1: effect. Or you meant it's more it's UV and some visible.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, the UV by itself causes free radical damage and aging of the skin, but when it's sunlight, the, the quenching effect of the red and orange light detoxifies uh, uh, much of the free radical damage done by the uh, uh, ultraviolet.
1: Well, I hate to give advice to technological solution types, but perhaps all tanning beds should include red LEDs as well.
3: I I think so.
1: So we do have a caller. That person called 707-923-3911. And since the herb doctors aren't here, I can't necessarily really engineer, so I definitely cannot talk to you. People always want to talk to me during this show. I'm not talking to any of you. You're just going to call 923-3911, and you'll hear a click, and uh, you'll hear a couple clicks, and just listen on the phone because then you'll hear another click and we'll say you're on the air and if you're listening on the radio you'll be eight seconds behind and we'll hang up on you. So here is our first caller. Caller you are on the air.
4: Hi Dr. Pete. Um, My name is James. I'm in Arizona and I've subscribed to your newsletter for the last couple years and in one of the first newsletters about this coronavirus you said cellular excitation is required for a coronavirus infection, and I remember having an odd headache one day in the December 2019, January 2020 period, and I've later reconstructed that, you know, this virus was spreading in my community in that period. So I was wondering if a person is not so excited, would they just not... Be exposed and they wouldn't develop antibodies or a T cell response because they just don't need it?
2: Um, If your cells are already in a weakened, uh, excitable state, they are the most susceptible to viral infection. And if the cell is stable, even if it's infected by a virus, it will uh, turn off the process uh, rather than letting the uh, the virus uh, propagate. Uh, uh, and the, the things that are known to be protective against uh, the infection or development of the disease uh, include uh, lots of uh, just about all of the known safe anti-inflammatory uh, substances. Are known to protect against the infection and alleviate its worst symptoms. Aspirin, naproxen, progesterone, vitamin D has that calming effect, quieting effect on cells. The antihistamines and anti-serotonin drugs, the anti-angiotensin, uh, blood pressure uh, treatments such as losartan and candesartan are protective
4: and and in, in an earlier show you talked about um, how some the proteins are acidifying like phosphorus gets metabolized into phosphoric acid and you talked about the importance of having adequate alkaline minerals in your cells so the Body wouldn't have to sacrifice itself or sacrifice protein to. Yeah, that
2: that happens in the kidneys. Uh,
4: The the,
2: the kidneys will break down uh, protein uh, to balance the pH. But uh, the uh, phosphate itself has an excitatory action. Uh, When ATP is breaking down uh, and doing the cell work, it liberates the inorganic phosphate and the inorganic phosphate has an excitatory effect when it can get attached back to form ATP again, the cell relaxes so ATP's effect is relaxing making it stable against infection and an excess of free phosphate antagonizes the the stabilizing effect of vitamin D and calcium,
3: uh,
2: and uh, puts cells into the uh, excited and more excitable uh, state of uh, being uh,
4: susceptible to infections. Is that um, the the other acidic mineral, the sulfur, is that... uh, How does sulfur and sulfuric acid play into imbalance? Uh, uh,
2: Yeah, those are are pretty safe. Uh, If if you add too much sulfur to your diet, uh, you'll uh, disturb the absorption of minerals. Uh, uh, For for example, you can uh, block the the formation of pigment by cutting uh, down your assimilation of copper if you have too much uh, sulfur in your diet. But uh, uh, otherwise, uh, sulfur-rich foods are uh, reasonably uh, safe. You you can dispose of it as as the acid.
4: Okay. And lastly, um, my my friend's 70-something-year-old husband had this, uh, the virus. He had a pretty bad experience. He survived in spite of his treatments at the hospital. But I guess he's gone back to the hospital recently and they've got him on diuretics. So what what's good to help somebody who has a sort of a long COVID autoimmune condition where it's hitting their kidneys?
5: Uh,
2: mentioning the uh, diuretics uh, uh, brings up a, a perspective on Uh, what's actually happening uh, in the infection. Uh, In the first weeks of the pandemic, uh, a doctor in New York, actually two doctors in New York, uh, both came up with the same uh, realization that uh, the symptoms uh, of COVID were essentially the same as the symptoms of high-altitude sickness. Uh, People who don't adapt to very high altitude, uh, develop uh, edema of the lungs uh, and uh, uh, general uh, inflammatory systems, uh, failure of of the tissues to uh, use oxygen properly. Uh, And uh, the the, uh, treatment that that they uh, recognized as established For mountain sickness, uh, one of the treatments is a diuretic, acetazolamide, which restores the uh, level of carbon dioxide in your body and the acidity. uh, And uh, the acidity uh, is a quieting, uh, sedating effect that also goes with uh, uh, causing the, the tissue cells to give up excess water and the uh, the carbon dioxide uh, itself has many uh, calming, quieting uh, sedative effects. Uh, The calcium channel blockers were their other suggestions Uh, uh, for uh, both mountain sickness and uh, the, the COVID infection. Uh, and uh, one of these doctors, Cameron, uh, Kyle Seidel, uh, 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 offered his uh, perception uh, uh, of the the nature of the oxidative uh, problems, uh, which justifies uh, the use of uh, uh, acetazolamide, which is a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor. Uh, and it turns out that the calcium channel blockers were called are also carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, uh, which contribute to retaining more carbon dioxide in your, in your body. Uh, uh, his, uh, his Seidel uh, uh, observation was that uh, the uh, inflamed lung, uh, the thickness uh, between the capillary in the lung and the air chamber uh, it is increased uh, by inflammation uh, and uh, uh, actually by a, a deficiency of uh, carbon dioxide, contributes to the thickening, uh, making it harder for gases to diffuse through this thickened uh, 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 pathway uh, from air to blood. Uh, and it happens that. Uh, that besides cutting off the uh, uh, entry of oxygen into the capillaries, it happens that carbon dioxide uh, diffuses uh, much faster through liquid uh, than uh, oxygen does. Uh, and uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle Seidel uh, uh, observed that uh, the breathing problem is because you're uh, not, not just not getting enough oxygen, but you're losing carbon dioxide very fast. And uh, when your carbon dioxide level goes down, oxygen sticks too firmly to the hemoglobin. It, it increases the uh, uh, blood's affinity for oxygen to the point that uh, your tissue cells uh, are starving for oxygen uh, despite uh, some oxygen being there. It it, it helps to some extent to get more oxygen in, but it's really the deficiency of carbon dioxide in the blood that keeps the oxygen from being delivered as needed.
1: So I've heard complaints about masks increasing the carbon dioxide level that people are breathing in. Assuming they're still getting enough oxygen, might that actually be a bonus?
3: Um,
2: Yeah, uh, uh, that's what the uh, acetazolamide and calcium channel blockers are doing. It's uh, making you uh, retain uh, the, the carbon dioxide uh, more efficiently uh, but uh, the,
1: uh, and would would drinking carbonated drinks help increase your carbon dioxide i mean i I'm going to get around to the beer cure i mean so uh,
2: yeah uh, and uh, even uh, adding baking soda to water uh, uh, marathon uh, runners and bicyclers uh, have have found that uh, for for them if they're going to have to bicycle for thirty miles or something if they put a tablespoon of baking soda in a glass of water, their endurance is greatly increased apparently by the provision of that bonus of carbon dioxide and the the reason that they were getting sixty to eighty percent mortality. In the hospitals that used the forced uh, ventilating machines, uh, putting a tube into their uh, throat uh, and uh, pumping oxygen, uh, those hospitals were having terribly high mortality, some approaching 100% of the uh, intubated uh, people, uh, where adjoining hospitals simply passively. Uh, giving them a little uh, extra uh, oxygen, uh, had close to zero mortality. The the excess of oxygen uh, was injuring the lungs, increasing the problem of diffusing uh, uh, both of the gases. Uh, By driving out too much uh, carbon dioxide, the pumped-in oxygen
3: uh, was making the
2: problem worse. Uh, and uh, that brings up the the subject of Carbogen. Uh, uh, I, I haven't heard of any hospital which is uh, uh, consistently using that as treatment, but it, it had been a, a treatment from the 1930s up until the mid-1950s. Hospitals uh, all over the world uh, recognized that uh, using a, typically a 5% carbon dioxide, 95% oxygen mixture uh, rather than pure oxygen. Uh, it, it prevented the damage to the lungs that you get with pure oxygen. Uh, and the reason it hasn't been used since about 1955, nothing happened scientifically to explain why it was curing people or why it shouldn't be used. But a committee, government medical committee in England said that just doesn't fit our, our opinion of how respiration works.
3: You, you should not
2: use any carbon dioxide in asphyxiated people because... They uh, declared that asphyxia uh, is uh, synonymous uh, with uh, having too much carbon dioxide. Uh, They they were simply uh, uh, talking uh, through their hats. They had no evidence to support it. But since that uh, official government statement that hospitals should not use carbogen its use dropped off all around the world, and the the people who are studying it shows that shows that it, it uh, does prevent prevent uh, later lung damage and uh, has an anti-inflammatory effect in the
4: in the lungs and other tissues. Very interesting, Doctor there was a. I found a translation of a paper in German from 1904. This paper in German said sometimes a person doesn't need oxygen; just give them a little whiff of carbon dioxide, and it improves their oxygen uptake. Have you heard of that? Uh, not that particular paper, to remember? Uh, okay. Uh, uh,
2: that's the way it works. Uh, the the very mechanism. Uh, it, it's recognized that. Uh, Uh, the hemoglobin uh, is acidified uh, by by the binding uh, of oxygen, but the more more acidic carbon dioxide uh, molecule uh, uh, shifts the uh, uh, pH uh, and and oxygen affinity of the hemoglobin. Uh, uh, It it outcompetes the Uh, oxygen uh, for uh, combining with with the hemoglobin. So that was around the time that that they were demonstrating the uh, necessity uh, for carbon dioxide to release oxygen to the tissues. And then uh, when the blood returns returns to the lungs uh, with a high concentration of oxygen, Uh, In that situation, the carbon dioxide is is displaced by the extreme uh, concentration of of oxygen. Uh, And the mechanism by which carbon dioxide uh, binds uh, to the hemoglobin, uh, it forms a chemical bond uh, called the carbamino uh, group, uh, and uh, that, uh, for some reason, the textbooks uh, uh, have been willing to to mention that bit of chemistry that the amino group of, of the uh, certain amino acids that, that have a side group of amine, uh, uh, or the end of a molecule, uh, the the amino end of a protein molecule uh, uh, they recognize that it uh, chemically combines uh, with carbon dioxide forming uh, uh, a different uh, protein in effect uh, a chemically uh, modified protein uh, and uh, although the respiration books are uh, happy to mention that as just a sidelight. Of uh, the process. It, it happens that all of our body proteins
3: uh,
2: display uh, some of these uh, uh, same uh, amino uh, groups uh, or side chains of, of the amino acids, uh, and that uh, carbon dioxide is going to similarly uh, bind every place in the body that there's protein. Carbon dioxide is going to modify those proteins. Uh, and uh, uh, so the, uh, the toxicity of, of losing your uh, proper level of carbon dioxide by going to very high altitude uh, without adaptation or, or by hyperventilating or by being artificially ventilated uh, with pure oxygen uh, all, all of those things are not only inflaming your lungs, but in effect are inflaming every protein in your body.
1: Hmm. So we have another caller. They called 923 If you would like to ask a question of Dr. Pete, do call 923 and and uh, listen for the clicks and just stay on the line. And then someone will say... You are on the air, and you'll be on the air. That's you. Oh, it is? Yep.
3: Yeah, this is Ross. I'm calling you from Whitethorn And I'd like to ask Dr.
2: Pete what he thinks of a substance called carnitine, L-carnitine, for example. I read about it in a, in a book by... Dr. Nick Lane, who is a British physician,
1: and could you turn your phone off in the background there? I mean, sorry, your radio off it's it's repeating in the background there.:
3: Yeah, how's that?
1: Excellent. All Dr. Right. Pete, carnitine
3: yeah uh, it, yeah it'll it, take it, uh, I'll take
4: the answer off the air.
2: okay it's um active in uh, helping you uh, oxidize uh, f- fats. Uh, and uh, so it's uh, in in ordinary metabolism uh, it's essential but the uh, when you're under stress the products of oxidizing pure fat uh, uh, will produce less carbon dioxide in proportion to the oxygen used Uh, and so In stressful situations, uh, uh, such as uh, it can affect a failing heart, uh, carnitine, uh, by increasing your ability to uh, oxidize fats, uh, can actually uh, increase the uh, problem of oxygen availability
3: uh, uh,
2: because of producing less carbon dioxide. Uh, per oxygen consumed. Uh, And uh, in the 1990s, uh, uh, people experimented, uh, finding that if you could keep the cells uh, oxidizing glucose, uh, uh, they produce more carbon dioxide uh, per oxygen consumed. Uh, And so the effect is to...
3: uh, uh, Uh,
2: make metabolism more efficient,
3: uh, reduce
2: inflammation by by the increased carbon dioxide, uh, 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 leave more oxygen available, uh, and uh,
3: uh,
2: change the affinity of hemoglobin, making uh, the oxygen more available. Uh, And uh, uh, the um, first name of of this chemical uh, that... um, uh, uh, it increased the uh, ability to use oxi- uh, to use glucose rather than fat. Uh, it was called Meldonate at, at first, and more recently they are, are calling it Meldonium, and athletes are using it, uh, and I think it has, it has disqualified some uh, famous athletes uh, because of it. Uh, it improves their endurance noticeably,
3: uh, and uh,
2: it, it's probably similar to the mechanism of the uh, endurance athletes taking uh, uh, sodium bicarbonate,
3: uh,
2: uh, producing more more CO two uh, 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 with the uh, pro oxygen effect.
1: But can can athletes get busted for doping with uh, sodium bicarbonate? Is that illegal? I,
2: I think sodium bicarbonate is still legal, but uh, meldonium or, or mildronate, uh, I think, are are banned. Okay. Uh, well, the, uh, so the way um, mildronate works is to bypass carnitine. Uh, so even though carnitine is a normal essential thing for for burning fats uh, uh, under stress. Uh, Mildnerator or Meldonium can bypass it and, and get oxi- get uh, glucose to the
1: cells. Okay, uh, we have two callers. So the first of the two callers, this is you. You're on the air.
2: Hello, uh, Doctor Pete. I was curious about whey. Now, I sure I, I seem to crave cottage cheese because of the whey, and I was wondering. If you could talk about that and what it does, and I'll take my answer off the air as well. I didn't hear the first part of the Uh, question. Yes, I said, uh, can you hear me now? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I was asking, I seem to crave cottage cheese, and I think it might be the way that I crave, um, and I'll take my answer off the air. I was hoping you could discuss the way and what it does and all of the dynamics involved. Thank you. (laughs) The physiology of consuming any of the milk products, both the whey and the casein fractions, have multiple beneficial effects that are approaching hormonal and immune-promoting uh, psychoactive and so on, uh, the, the uh, protein quality uh, of both of them, uh, uh, one of their virtues is that they are deficient in iron uh, but have almost all of the other nutrients associated with them. Uh, uh, and iron happens to be the uh, one of the uh, main risks uh, of uh, 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 any stress uh, tends to uh, make uh, iron uh, toxic and, and uh, in- increase your susceptibility to infections uh, so that the body uh, under stress has mechanisms to get rid of iron but uh, milk uh,
3: uh,
2: foresees that uh, and so the milk provides all of the Helpful nutrients, but uh, very deficient in iron uh, and the high calcium content uh, of uh, milk products uh, the, the calcium uh, w- works uh, along with vitamin D to suppress uh, a parathyroid hormone uh, and uh, the, these peptides and proteins of milk and uh,
3: uh, uh, uh,
2: the, the casein and, and the, the whey fractions uh, uh, both contain anti-inflammatory substances
3: uh,
2: uh, in, intrinsically, but they also, uh, just because of the calcium, uh, lower parathyroid hormone. Uh, uh, and the parathyroid hormone is one of our basic uh, pro-inflammatory uh, problems. It lowers our cellular energy production, but also increases many of our basic inflammation-producing processes, cytokines, and so on.
1: Hmm. Okay, uh, we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air.
6: Uh, Yes, I have a question for Dr. Pete. yeah, just to see if there's any nutritional advice for uh people with arrhythmia specifically uh, uh with PVCs or premature ventricle contractions it's more of on the electrical side of, of the of the heart uh having like thousands of them every day with no other sense just just uh, some of the extra stick beat um the
3: um
6: one of the
2: basic medical uh, recommendations uh, uh, for uh, uh, a variety of uh, arrhythmias uh, is to uh, uh, avoid hyperthyroidism, but uh, it, it, in reality, uh, the uh, uh, that might be an instantaneous effect. Uh, uh, you can provoke uh, an arrhythmia w- with a sudden dose of thyroid, but uh, uh, a chronic. Uh, uh, Lack of thyroid hormone uh, can create the, the preconditions uh, for having arrhythmia, uh, including nutritional balances and increases of stress hormones. Uh, and, uh, an imbalance, for example, between uh, the, the stress steroids, uh, in, including cortisol and estrogen. Uh, and, and the uh, anti stress, uh, uh, quieting, uh, pregnenolone, uh, progesterone, uh, uh,
6: and uh, to, to some extent the androgens. Okay. And do you know if there's any association with uh, also with the histamine around arrhythmia? Because I also have very itchy skin, and there's something that I don't know if there's an association there. But I didn't hear the last part. Yeah, I just wanted to know if uh, if histamine could be associated with uh, uh, with arrhythmia because uh, my uh, other symptom is uh, I have uh, itchy skin. Uh, If if what is associated with
1: arrhythmia? If histamines?
2: Uh, Oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's one of the uh, uh, serotonin and histamine uh, are uh, uh, closely connected with. Changing the heart rhythm.
1: So, might
6: there
1: might there be a dietary recommendation to help, you know, be antihistamine yet supporting the heart?
2: Uh, uh, yeah, the milk products are, are among their effects, is an antihistamine, anti-inflammatory effect, and uh, the the, the um, A good balance of uh, all of the uh, uh, the, the, the essential nutrients uh, needed for uh, balancing your thyroid function. Uh, uh, Seafood, uh, at least once a week, is helpful uh, for
6: the trace minerals. Yes, I, I I do enjoy quite a bit of seafood like shellfish, especially, yes. And, uh, and uh, maybe that's my body telling me that I need more, a little more on that. But thank you.
1: Okay, and the calls are the... The lines are empty if you'd like to call and ask Dr. Pete a question at 923 Please do. And uh that, that fellow's last comment about shellfish and his maybe it's his body craving that. Could you maybe, I uh, don't know that you know anything about this at all, but could you have any ideas about how the body, how cravings work and how the body might know what is good for you or maybe try to teach people things that might be symptoms to them that a food's really working for them?
2: Uh, yeah, there have been uh, uh, quite a few studies, uh, mo- mostly in animals, but uh, some people have tested it uh, on their kids, uh, 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 noticing that uh, their, their kids will sometimes seem to have a completely crazy deranged uh, appetite, uh, wanting only uh, one food for Uh, several meals in a row Uh, but when they've uh, looked at uh, their food choices
3: uh,
2: uh, even though they might momentarily seem crazy uh, when they add them up over a period of of a week or two uh, it turns out that uh, that their choices were uh, ending up uh, for a proper balance of nutrients Uh, and uh, so they've tested that on animals uh, and uh, create a deficiency in a particular uh, vitamin or or certain amino acids Uh, and uh, find that the animal knows how to, uh, uh, over a very broad uh, range of deficiencies, they will uh, uh, ignore a food that might seem in general good, but that's deficient in the nutrients that they particularly need and uh, concentrate on uh, the the one food that's richest in what they need. Uh, And it it turns out that there are only two or three of the essential amino acids that are taken as signals. Uh, And so uh, if they make a food uh, deficient in uh, one of the amino acids that doesn't uh, act as a, a guide and attractant, uh, they find that the animal uh, no longer makes the the right choice, uh, but in, in nature those uh, uh, rare uh, uh, patterns of deficiency don't occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the the signal
3: uh,
2: uh, of a deficiency or, or adequacy uh, those those are always uh, detectable. Uh, so animals. Essentially, invariably, given a a choice of natural foods, uh, we'll pick out the ones that are are nutritionally balanced, meeting their needs.
1: And we've got two callers. Uh, I hope you all are listening on the phone instead of all the radio, because here's the first of you. This one is you. Please speak up. Did you listen on your radio instead of the phone? Oh, well, here's the next person. Let's see if they're listening on the phone. Caller, this is you. Caller. Hello, caller. You didn't put the phone down and go listen on the radio, too, because it's going to take many seconds for you to figure it out and get over here. Oh, my God. No, sorry. That was operator error. Caller, you can laugh at me now in public because I pressed the wrong button. Caller, now this one's you.
0: Okay, is this me?
1: This is you. Yes, you haven't laughed at me yet for operator error. Okay, good. Oh, here comes another. so...
0: Um, so I I had it to my house delivered a pile of wood chip and turns out um, that it's full of Aspergillus fungus and when I um, was shoveling it there were all these spores coming out of it and I should have it was like smoke and I should have had a mask on. I held my breath instead and um, I didn't know really what it was and I ended up getting very close to it and getting a kind of a whiff of it and then um I was wheezing a couple hours later and now I've learned that it can live in my lungs and so I want to know um what kind of antifungal or or anything like that if you've got any advice about getting fungus out of my lungs
2: uh, uh, Probably your your lungs Uh-oh. are going to take care of it but
0: uh, and I'll take it offline.
2: It, it, it never hurts to uh, make sure your vitamin D uh, is uh, adequate. Uh, and uh, I mentioned that vitamin D for Americans uh, is the most uh, Im- important immune-supporting nutrient. But in the world in general, uh, vitamin A and zinc uh, are uh, rivals for uh, protection of the, uh, the membranes uh, and uh, uh, the uh, direct immunity uh, to uh, uh, not, not only germs uh, but uh, uh, m- mechanical uh, or uh, chemical irritants. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so a, a good diet uh, uh, with anti-inflammatory foods uh, besides uh, milk products, uh, these citrus fruits uh, are very f- rich in uh, flavonoids, which are anti-inflammatory and pro- pro-immunity. Uh, and uh, coffee is another uh, good source of anti-inflammatory uh, substances, such as uh, quercetin, uh, uh, as well as some nutrients.
1: Okay, uh, we have another caller here. Caller, this one is you. Hi.
0: um, I was wondering the difference between vitamin D and D3. Which one is the one that we should be taking?
2: Uh, uh, Vitamin D and and D3, did you say? Yes. Yeah. D3 is the normal uh, one that we make uh, when we're in the sunlight. Uh, and so when we eat it it it, uh, works uh, the same chemically as the one we make in the sunlight but some of the uh, products uh, on the market uh, are vitamin D2 uh, and uh, that is metabolized slightly differently uh, and doesn't have all of the good protective effects uh, of vitamin D3 Uh, and then there are uh, some medical pro- uh, uh, products uh,
3: that uh, are uh, uh, for, so
0: D for three is the one we should be taking to boost our immunity. That's the uh, number one supplement you were talking about.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, vitamin D three is the usual supplement. Uh, okay. If you're
0: okay, thank uh, you.
2: In a medical con- context, uh, you might hear people talk about uh trial. Uh, uh, you don't want the trial, uh, 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 and some people confuse that with the, the vitamin D3. It's cholecalciferol.
1: So D3 is the one. And we've we've got another oh. caller. Okay. Thank you caller you're on the air with dr pete
5: hi dr pete um i feel like i have kind of a brain fog type issue and i'm not sure if it's associated with uh, i'm pretty sure i had covid about a year ago and uh but i don't know if it's um genetic or from covid or just my age, I'm 54, or my diet. Um, I wondered if you had recommendations for, you know, a dietary or uh, herbal supplements that maybe might help me besides caffeine, which is what I rely on. I, I couldn't hear the first part of it. What was the problem? Oh, so, um, it had to do with uh, feelings of brain fog, uh And I'm not sure uh, why I have that, but, um, yeah, I just wondered if you had nutritional or uh, herbal uh, recommendations that might, you know, help uh, boost my mental acuity. I, I, I couldn't hear
2: the particular problem.
1: I think it was brain fog and possibly yes. as a long COVID symptom, if that's what I'm gathering correctly. Uh,
5: oh, that's correct. I'll listen off the air. i um, having a hard time hearing Dr. Pete, too. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the uh, brain
2: fog, f- fog goes with uh, uh, low energy production and low carbon dioxide, uh, and uh, uh, the... Uh, Vitamin B1 is a natural a equivalent to acetazolamide and the calcium channel blockers in being an inhibitor of carbonic anhydrase, helping to raise your carbon dioxide. And it's often the quickest way to clear up brain fog and get your mental energy back. But...
3: Uh,
2: All of the anti-inflammatory things, uh, uh, thyroid hormone, uh, vitamin D, uh, calcium, uh, progesterone, uh, uh, anti-inflammatory things such as fruit juice.
1: Okay, Uh, we have one more caller. Maybe we could squeeze in one more after this, uh, if this one's quick. But maybe not. And caller, you are on the air.
5: Uh, hi. Uh, Dr. Pete, I've uh, had diabetes for many years, and uh, my blood sugar uh, was getting, uh, A1C was getting worse and worse. And uh, I read about and have now investigated uh, intermittent fasting, and I wonder if you could uh, give me your uh, thoughts on the process of intermittent fasting. So far, it seems to be bringing my blood sugar way down, and I wanted to hear what you had to say.
2: Uh, It it will make your blood sugar go down, but uh, anything that you can call uh, fasting is going to be putting you under stress. Uh, And the the long-range thing that corrects uh, 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 chronic diabetes is to get your uh, polyunsaturated uh, fats uh, lower uh, to completely eliminate them from your diet uh, as far as possible. Uh, and um, uh, you use uh, the, the um, uh, butter, for example, uh, for cooking, uh, rather than any of the liquid vegetable oils because the... Polyunsaturated fats are specifically toxic to your insulin-producing tissues and create resistance in your tissues, damage the ability to oxidize sugar,
3: and they have have no no. Uh,
2: essential need uh, that that there
3: uh, uh, there's no
2: benefit uh, that will be lost by uh, eating a a completely saturated fat uh, uh, component of your diet Uh, and carbohydrates
3: uh,
2: if they're taken in a consistent way it happens that uh, glucose is constantly activating stem cells in your pancreas uh, to uh, restore the ability to, to produce insulin. And that it's the polyunsaturated fats stored in your tissues or coming direct from your food that, that will uh, keep uh, de- destroying or damaging your insulin-producing
1: cells. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for the information. And thanks to Andrew and Sarah Murray for letting me sit in, <laughs> if that's what I was doing. And thank you so much, Dr. Pete, for being flexible and giving your information, sharing your knowledge with the KMUD community. Uh, is there a little quick wrap-up wrap up you'd like to do, let people know where they can find more information about you, and there's some stuff of you on the Internet and stuff?
2: I, uh, yeah, my uh, website is com. And the newsletter subscribing
1: information
2: is uh, at Ray Pete's newsletter at gmail dot com.
1: Excellent! Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Yes, I have Doctor Pete's phone number. Woohoo! I have Dennis from the Pilot's Lounge phone number, too, but probably more of you are more jealous of me having Dr. Pete's phone number. Luckily, I had his number, and I was able to salvage an Ask Your Herb Doctor. If you would like to be an underwriter on Ask Your Herb Doctor, especially if you had a product or service which was health or nutrition-related, you could call the KMUD business office, 923 during office hours next week and arrange to be an underwriter. And right now, I would be telling the KMUD listening community about your product or service. Thank you so much for listening to us, and get ready, it's time to step out on a wing and a prayer. This is Redwood Community Radio, KMUD Garberville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Laytonville. It is 7.59. Whoops, I'll do that with the uh, music down. KMUD Garberville, KMUE Eureka, KLAI Laytonville. It is 8 o'clock. Time to step out on a wing and a prayer.